Hi, you're with Julian on the brown note. <laughs> uh, Labour have won the election. I had the media blackout from midday Friday and uh, woke up on Sunday morning today in abject terror. Uh, yeah, I've not been doing well. Uh, the level of anxiety has been extreme. I remembered back to uh, the last election that Scott Morrison should never have won. I was in Mexico and I woke up at 5am and checked my phone about 15 times doing double takes uh, when Bill Shorten was rejected by Australia with a raft of absolutely brilliant policies addressing franking credits and negative gearing and bringing in a ICAC and a banking commission and just drank whiskey in bed all day uh, in... <laughs> I think San San Loreto or somewhere in um, in the middle in this tiny town in Mexico. But this time around, uh, they've actually done it. I called it on this show three weeks ago. The video's up there that it would be a near landslide for Labour, and it's looking like that. It's looking um, about seventy nine seats for Labour above the seventy six seats they need to to win. And I have been having a few treats today. How bad are the media? The media painted this out as, uh, uh, you know, this really close election all the way through. There's a reason for that. The media in this country, I've made videos about, are some of the worst in the developed world. Our print news media is uh, the third most concentrated ownership behind the state-owned print media of China and Egypt. So the reason they, they paint it to be so close is to energise liberal voters to go out and vote. If they knew that ScoMo was dead in the water, they would never have turned up. The polls have been dreadful. This is a much bigger Labour victory than predicted. How do I feel? I feel absolutely elated. Actually, I don't. I don't even feel happy. I felt so anxious um, over the last few weeks, like just so insanely anxious. It's been a nightmare decade. Ever since, I mean, we had a really good chance with the Rudd government when they came in. And even when Gillard took over, and that should never have happened because of what it led to, we had the world's number one performing economy, and we had a kind, gentler Australia. And the press managed to turn the carbon tax and the deficit, which they haven't spoken about for nine years while it trebled. Mark my words, they will be speaking about it tomorrow. Even though they haven't mentioned it in a decade, the first thing you will hear from the right-wing media is how Labour need to balance the budget. But Tony Abbott was obviously the worst human being to have ever been elected Prime Minister in Australia, and did so off the back of a relatively good performance in opposition. Uh, a stable performance. But then he got caught out when he was in the job because him and Joe Hockey were completely incompetent. So he got the boot, and then Malcolm Turnbull got the boot, and then we ended up with ScoMo. Um, the liberal policy of rejecting a leader out from an election has proven 100% effective. They've done it with you know Mike Baird, Gladys Berejiklian. They've done it four times, I think, in the state of New South Wales to, to um, success, and they did it three times to success. Well, I guess uh, ScoMo and... Um, uh, Turnbull with the replacement, so twice to success in the federal level. This is the first time that uh, a state of New South Wales or the federal government 
has actually taken a Liberal candidate to another election when he is a known quantity. Um, and that was always going to be their biggest downfall. But it's been such a, an awful decade for people on the left because of the Murdoch... Uh, you know, we got Boris Johnson, Brexit, Donald Trump and Scott Morrison, the greatest success of Rupert Murdoch's entire career. Not just right-wingers, but populist right-wingers that stood for nothing. So they could pass all of their, you know, transferal of wealth to people that already have it whilst banging on about culture wars and refugees. Scomey, to me, was the worst human being I can think of in politics. Um, he's gaslit the nation for the whole time he's been in. For a start, Scott Morrison was much closer to Peter Dutton. He was this vile, anti-brown-skinned refugee guy. And as soon as he got a whiff that uh, Malcolm Turnbull was going to be rolled, because he made a pact with the right of his party, who would never have trusted him at all, he changed into Scott Cam, Daggy Dad. He invented this character. He was smoking on camera now. He is the liar from the Shire. He's incompetent. He's, um, he's, he's standing on the world stage when he's done things like um, destroy our relationship with China just for a few seconds. He's obsessed with the 24-hour news cycle. So he was trying to appease Team Trump by saying we should send weapons inspectors into China to find the cause of coronavirus. And, you know, he, he doesn't see... He reacts to any situation. He never planned... And he's never been able to strategically deal with things. He's a horrible person. He's a misogynist. And he oversees a government which hopefully with the federal ICAC, or if you're a liberal, I cack my pants, coming into fruition under the Albanese government, we're going to finally see what these guys have been up to. Why are people like Peter Dutton and Angus Taylor worth hundreds of millions of dollars when... They've been working full-time for the public. Peter Dutton was um, like a police chief. And then it entered politics, and now he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. We're going to find out a lot about these people and how much money was spent on sports rorts and car park rorts to buy votes. But there's this other side of Scott Morrison. He is a Pentecostal, which is an extreme wing Funnily enough, ironically enough, given his extreme wing of the Liberal Party has been dominant, but an extreme wing of Christianity, which is not trusted by normal Catholics and Christians and um, Anglicans. They believe in a couple of things, Dominion Theory and the Seven Mountains Mandate. And those two things put them apart from the rest of Christianity, which is Dominion Theory is this divine right to rule. They genuinely believe that they have the right to rule. And the Seven Mountains mandate is these tenets that they should seek influence in the spheres of politics, entertainment, TV. You see them on The Voice all the time. These are genuine attempts to win over the mass public. They are a political wing of the Christian movement. And they've been really rising. And we've seen with um, Brian Houston who sat in the office at the White House, who sat in John Howard's office when he was elected. 
God's sake. That they are very deeply involved and entrenched in politics. And with Brian Houston being kicked out of Hillsong, and now Scott Morrison, who said that Brian Houston was his mentor being kicked out, it is a lovely day. It is, I was happy today, happiest I've been in 10 years. Now, to put a break on that, Anthony Albanese didn't win. Anthony Albanese was being danced like a drunken dancer at a wedding to an election defeat only a year or so ago. It took all of the scandals that began with Brittany Higgins and carried on through the China crisis, the, you know, the Facebook debacle, and an unending stream of misogynist scandals. Um, to lose him the election, Albanese's small target policy, uh, policy did not win a single vote. There was this fear, as with Labour, every single time that they lose an election like they did with Bill Shorten, that they need to stand as close to the left of the Liberal Party or the Tory Party, whichever country you're in as possible, and abandon all policies. And the right-wing media will hammer Albanese saying, this is why you won. It isn't. It isn't because you abandoned the culture wars. That's garbage. They won because Scott Morrison was on the nose for over a year and a half. Every few weeks, he was in the public eye being trashed, his ministers being trashed. You know, how many sexism scandals were there? Every single time he poked his head above, you know, the bushfires, Grace Tame, Brittany Higgins. The COVID response was going in his favour until we actually didn't do it by luck and we got crucified. Uh, and that was a real nail in the coffin for him. So Albanese didn't win by representing a very small target. And the people in the right-wing media, the Joe Hildebrands, will tell him abandoning the culture wars one year selection. He could have been Bill Shorten. He just wasn't a... ScoMo wasn't a clean skin this time. He wasn't a newbie. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone hated him. I'm, I'm sad that Labour have won with no policy platform. The most important policy platform they have is the ICAC now. And I hope that they can build on it. This time around, make no bones about it, women won this. Scott Morrison has put women offside so much. Look at the independents. How many of them are strong independent women? They turned on Morrison. Now... The right wing are saying, oh no, these independents, they're greenies, they're lefties, they're feminists. Good. I hope they are. I kind of feel like they're just kind of liberals. Liberals that believe in climate change and same-sex marriage. But I hope that they are going to follow through on that. Good luck. I mean, I live on the northern beaches. We had Mike Baird, Tony Happer, old, old acid drop, and now we're liberal free. Jason Falinski lost... Zali Stiegel won as well. We don't have the Liberals on the Northern Beaches. The Greens have been demonised for years. One of the most insidious political tactics of the media has been to paint the Greens as an extremist organisation. Because wanting free university education and action on climate change is extreme. This has been the 
biggest success of right-wing news media in Australia is to drive a wedge between the Greens and Labour. They should be allies. Look at the percentage of the vote. If they're combined, they would be like 20 points above the coalition. Like the Nationals have ghosted the Liberals into government so often. If the Liberals and the Greens join together, we would never have a Liberal government again. They need to make a pact with the Greens and form a coalition. They aren't extremists, and they've believed the right-wing hype to get here. And the Greens have taken out the crumb maidens in Queensland. What the hell is going on with this election here? I predicted a near landslide. The fact that Pauline Hanson may lose her seat in Queensland to the Greens and the, um, Amanda Stoker, who resorted to trading in right-wing Christian ideology towards the end of her campaign, supporting anti-abortionists, is likely to have lost her seat to a Green as well. This is magnificent. I mean, there's some really personally satisfying um, things that have happened. Josh Frydenberg losing his seat. Um, Tim Wilson losing his seat. And Peter Dutton, at this very moment, is still in play. Please, baby Jesus, I'll only ask you for one more thing. Now, what's going to happen is very interesting because... The only reason that Mal the Liberals got in with Malcolm Turnbull is that the public had turned on that hard populist right, even back then. Yet they have wielded control of the party. They coasted through on Malcolm Turnbull being a kinder, gentler Liberal. But they now are going to react to Scott Morrison losing by claiming that he was too far left and that... Um, it's only the populist right that can save the Liberal Party. This will be an implosion in the Liberal Party. Make no bones about it. They are going to go through some very soul-searching years because the hard right are going to take over. Frydenberg's out. I mean, they call him a moderate. He is a moderate. Not compared to people that are moderate, but compared to people that are hard right. The hard right will take over and they're going to become unelectable. I mean, this... Um, this whole belief that this populism is actually a winner with the public has been proven false. Because how well did the anti-vax, anti-lockdown movement do this election? They didn't win a single seat. One of the most satisfying things is seeing One Nation and Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, the biggest liars this election, by claiming that they were after the Liberals and Labour equally, and then preferencing the Liberals, aren't going to win a single seat. Fingers crossed for Pauline. Um, that proves like how much has the anti-vax movement and the anti-lockdown protest dominated politics in the last two years doesn't equate to a single seat. I guess these people don't really represent many people at all. And another great repudiation this election has been the repudiation of the Murdoch press. The Murdoch press went after Dan Andrews in, in um, Victoria for the last two years with some of the most biased, vicious reporting ever and the Liberals have been booted from Victoria. Nearly completely booted out. Dan Andrews is going to win by an increased majority later this year. The public rejected the Murdoch press. I think 23 elections in a row the Murdoch press have said you must vote Liberal. They rejected them across the board. Even the Channel 9 owned Sydney Morning Herald 
came out two elections in a row, even though they've supported the Liberals and Scott Morrison through people like David Crow and Peter Harcher, a lot, those two men actually turned on him during this election. So the public have rejected the Murdoch press massively. And now we get a federal ICAC. Now this is huge because anyone can look at this current government. The New York Times ran an editorial two days ago calling out the government of Australia for its level of corruption and pork barrelling. This is widely known. And now we're going to find out what exactly has gone on. And we saw with the Banking Royal Commission, there's no point in having it if the Liberals are in power because they just won't act on anything that happens. So this has been a wonderful day. Uh, absolutely beautiful Sunday, even though it's raining. Penny Wong is our foreign minister, possibly the biggest trade-up of any portfolio in Australian political history. Penny is now in the government where she should be. Penny should be taking over next time around. The first gay Asian Prime Minister of Australia. Everyone knows she is the most competent and intelligent politician in this country. I can't wait. But Anthony Albanese criticised for his ability to campaign by me often and lucky that Scott Morrison is a calamity balloon that has gone through a year and a half of unending scandal where he couldn't even call an election despite wanting to trade in his COVID um, pass that he got by luck. He's a good man. I mean, I, do, I, I, I hated the fact that they've abandoned their policies on Franking credits, negative gearing, tax breaks for the wealthy. These are essential things for Labour to get back to, to reshape this country into being affordable for the average person to buy their own bloody home for once. And that's not going to happen in 10 years. It's going to happen over a long period of time. But it's a lot to say that we actually have a decent human being and a good person in charge instead of a narcissistic sociopath only doing it for themselves.